Welcome to the Fantastic Magic Center. I'm Kent Cummins, and I'm going to share the real secrets of magic. We are here for your pleasure, for your entertainment, and for your money. <laughs> so in tone, Karakum, a Polish magician who is doing ghost shows on the roof of a drive-in theater concession stand. I'll tell you more about him in a little bit, but if you're not old enough to remember the old midnight ghost shows that would appear in movie theaters, I am so sorry. What you need to do is you need to read Spook Shows on Parade, compiled in 1976 by Mark Walker. And it has photos that are just wonderful from those days of the Midnight Ghost Show. I fortunately was old enough to get in on the tail end of it. Let's go back to Karakum. My friend John Shakespeare and I, we were both teenage magicians and we did some spook shows that I'll probably tell you about next week. John and I went to see Karakum's spook show at the drive-in theater. It probably started before midnight and ended about midnight. They were called midnight ghost shows or midnight spook shows but they didn't usually start at midnight. That was usually when they ended. And the whole idea was that the motion picture theater, or in this case, drive-in theater, would show their regular shows at the regular times. And then after they would normally be closed, they'd have this special one-time-only occasion. Now, the thing wrong with the fact that it was a one-time-only special occasion is it means that the people who were doing them were out of town by a couple hours after they finished the show. And so a lot of unscrupulous young performers who really weren't very good put on what they called these horrible, scary ghost shows, which were nothing more than just a magic show with maybe a couple spooky things. And they usually followed a classic horror movie. By classic, I mean one you'd never heard of before. It was unlikely that you were going to see Bela Lugosi or Boris Karloff or any of the famous actors from those old spook shows. For even a man who is pure of heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. So there we were to watch Karakum. And he started with the announcement that I started the podcast with. The advertising said that we would be terrified by the crawling thing from Planet 13 and we would be entranced by the materialization of Lady Godiva. Now remember, we were teenage boys. And the materialization of Lady Godiva, uh, the horse looked like it might have been one of those plastic horses that you put a nickel or a dime or a quarter in to ride in front of the grocery store or now Walmart. And the Lady Godiva was a young girl in flesh-colored tights and wearing a long blonde wig. To be fair, this was the late 1950s. They would never have gotten away with actually having a nude girl on stage. I think it was sort of a suspension like the Super X. I, I can picture it in my mind, but it was so many years ago, well before I got married, and I got married 57 years ago. So it has been a very long time. But I remember 
his voice when he said, we are here for your pleasure, for your entertainment, and for your money. I thought that was really funny, and I remembered that. I can remember the image of what the Lady Godiva was compared to the image that we had in our minds that we were hoping for. As far as the crawling thing from Planet 13, we recognized it. It was a firework disc. We had actually bought firework discs just like it before without any thought of creepy crawly things from Planet 13. After we saw the show, we went to the firework stand and bought a bunch more. And now when we lit them, we knew we were seeing the crawling thing from Planet 13 as it went swish, 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 swish up into the air. It was a very strange show. It was not, I mean, it was a magic show, which most of those ghost shows really were. It certainly did not live up to the hype, which most of those ghost shows never did. Let's be honest. But it was interesting. It's the only one that we saw at a drive-in movie. And it was set up on the roof of the concession stand. And so after the show, John and I went up to meet the magician, because that's what you did. One of the men assisting him said, I'm sorry, but Karakum does not speak English. Thank you for coming. <laughs> right, yeah, we really believed that. But it's okay, we went away. And that was just one of many experiences with the Midnight Ghost Show. You see, the whole idea was that you would bring your date this particularly appealed to teenage couples, teenage boys, I would guess, that it particularly appealed to. And you would bring your date, you would watch the horror movie, then this spectacular show of terror and horror would appear on stage. Frankly, most of the ones we saw were more just regular magic shows. I mean, I think we even saw Hippity Hop Rabbits performed in one of these ghost shows. And no, they did not turn them into ghosts. Uh, they were rabbits. Very disappointing when you think of all the spooky tricks that are available. The last podcast, I talked about zombie and the fact that I performed zombie with a skull. And I was doing that back in those days. They didn't even do a floating ball at all. A couple podcasts ago, I told you my love affair of the guillotine. Surprisingly, I didn't see very many guillotines in the ghost shows or even wrist choppers, uh, even an Abbott's dissecto. So it was disappointing. Another thing that they advertised in these ghost shows was the materialization on stage of Marilyn Monroe, or maybe James Dean, or maybe Elvis Presley. But what it turned out to be was the materialization of a big picture of that particular star in a frame that had previously been shown empty. It was, it was a lot like the carnival, in a sense, because the promises were not really what you wound up with, but it was fun to be fooled, as they say. And they were very popular, and they made a lot of money for the magicians doing them, and they made a lot of money for the theaters, because these shows would go on after the theater was closed for their normal shows. So this was just whatever they got was extra money. Typically, you had the horror movie, then you had the magic show, or the ghost show, then they would do something that would lead to a blackout. And a blackout is what it sounds like. The theater would turn off all of the lights. They would actually cover up the exit lights before the show so that the theater was completely black. And that was absolutely essential because, of course, the ghosts that were running around the audience were just assistants dressed in black doing various things. The better shows, 
might have something luminous floating around on stage. The better shows might have a Frankenstein monster or a gorilla appear toward the end and seem to be going into the audience. But it was more likely that once the monster started to go into the audience and the lights went out, the monster hightailed it back to the dressing room. And uh, hidden assistants might run up and down the aisle with a long stick that had strings on it. And by taking those sticks with strings and spreading them out over the heads of people in the audience, people in the audience would feel spiders, weird touches. But to be honest, the real purpose of the ghost show for the boys was to get the girls scared and have them huddle up close to them. I think that some of the boys may even have done some spooky things in the dark. So that was the Midnight Ghost Show. I have some wonderful books about them, but let's start with a book that I co-wrote called Ideas for a Spook House. If you know about my bungling juggling book that I wrote in 1964 for the LB Company, shortly thereafter he printed this book, Ideas for a Spook House, and I'm not listed as an author, although I did contribute a lot of the ideas inside. And it's a little pamphlet, a little more than a dozen pages, with some cut-and-paste illustrations and some ideas for how to have a spook house in your home. Of course, we all knew back then that you had grapes, which were eyeballs, and you had spaghetti, which was intestines, and people would uh, be blindfolded to go through your haunted house. And it was just a fun way to celebrate Halloween. Now, there's a much better book called How to Operate a Successful Haunted House. And this is by uh, Philip Morris, not the cigarette, but the uh, magician who had a big costume shop and also toured with a ghost show. And it's actually a very good book uh, of how to do a haunted house far beyond what you could do in your own house. So this was for an organization that was going to do perhaps a haunted house for Halloween as a fundraiser. And those have become very, very popular these days. If you want to do a haunted house, I recommend looking up Philip Morris, How to Operate a Successful Haunted House. That's a, a very good book for its purpose. I told you about Spook Shows on Parade, but there's one other book that I need to tell you about. Let me grab it from my collection. It's called The Ghost Book of Dark Secrets by Nelson Enterprises, and it is dedicated to those mischievous individuals who like to scare the yell out of their fellow men. And I would say from having been to some ghost shows, they were really scaring the yell out of the fellow women <laughs> that the men brought as dates. But it's actually a very good book. I don't see a date on it. But uh, it's like mimeographed and spiral bound. It doesn't have any illustrations except for one little picture of how to put a rubber band on a stick to make a strange noise. It's a very small picture. But it's a very good book with a really nice cover. It's a spooky cover. And when I was a teenager, I took luminous paint and painted the moon and a ghost and uh, the cross on the house, all with luminous paint, so that my book actually looked interesting in the dark. The book starts with an introduction that talks about these bad magicians who just do magic shows that aren't even really spooky. And I agree with that completely. And then there are lots and lots of ideas in that book. 
If you're interested in doing a spook show, or if you want just to have a Halloween or otherwise spook-themed show, Magic with a Message, then I suggest going to the used magic book supply house that's your favorite place to get old magic books and look for some of these. I've got several dozen books that, for one reason or another, are particularly good for these kinds of themed shows. The first book of this type that I ever saw was not actually a book, it's a manuscript, but it was sold through the Fun and Magic shop in San Antonio. I think it was in the D. Robbins catalog. It's called A Spook Show in Your Parlor, 10 Suggested Blackout Stunts by William Larson, and it cost a dollar. And I know we had a version of it at the magic store where I worked. And it's got a bunch of spooky ideas. So there are spooky ideas everywhere in these books, and you can just be creative. And of course, you can also Google spooky ideas. There's no shortage of ideas. What there's a shortage of is excellent execution. And that was true in the 40s and 50s in the days of the heyday of the midnight ghost shows. And it's still true today. Now, back then, the only thing that people had to worry about was somebody might take their cigarette lighter out and light a small flame. Today, of course, everybody would take their cell phone out and turn on the flashlight app. So you really can't do a blackout the same way today. Next week, I will tell you more about what we did as far as the Halloween horror hop and the other horror hops that we did, very specific things that we did for our own ghost shows. But today, we're just talking about the classics. And when we talk about classic ghost shows, classic spook shows, I have to mention Dr. Silkini. There was more than one Dr. Silkini, and a lot of the Dr. Silkini era was very controversial. And so I'm not going to tell you exactly what I have seen or what I suspect I know or what I just heard by rumor. I suggest you do your own research. But here at the Fantastic Magic Center, we do have some of those old posters and photos and so forth of Dr. Silkini and many of the classic ghost shows. I mentioned the book by Philip Morris. John and I actually got to see the ghost show done by Philip Morris. And it seemed to me that it was during the day, but that can't be right. It had to be it. Well, I guess you could do a blackout in a theater during the day. Ha! So long ago, so many memories. And if you're interested in ghost shows, boo! I'm Kent Cummins. Join us next time for more tales from the Fantastic Magic Center. And if you'd like even more information, well, join us on our website, fantasticmagiccenter.com.